Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Today is the day that we may well get the answers to the questions we were asking yesterday. Chancellor Rishi Sunak will unveil a series of plans which could include a freezing of income tax payments and even a possibly weekly cash subsidy to keep people afloat who are running out of money. Truth be told, there are hundreds of restaurants up and down the country shutting their doors for the foreseeable future and many taxi drivers, hairdressers, cafe owners and pub landlords wondering where their next paycheck is coming from and how on earth they're going to pay their burgeoning staff uh, who have little and less to do with every single passing day. We'll be hearing from Lance Foreman this morning, businessman and former MEP for the Brexit Party and the Tories who thinks we are sleepwalking into a financial disaster that needs fixing and needs fixing right now. We'll also be taking, talking to Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell who wants to see the government acting quicker and acting bigger on the coronavirus crisis if for no other reason than to safeguard our failing economy. Now this is not about being critical uh, in any way politically of the government. Uh, however, there are people out there who think that this is going to be a much bigger economic problem than it is going to be a medical problem. But as ever, it is your voices that are the most valued on Talk Radio. Tell us your fears, help us with ideas on how to assist others in need, and let us know what you're seeing and hearing out there on the streets. This is the last day for an awful lot of people uh, to send their children to school. An awful lot of kids from this point on will be home for the holidays, and those holidays could well last all the way through until September. We're not sure about that. Well, we were told yesterday by Boris Johnson and the 12 weeks could be uh, a reasonably interesting figure in terms of time uh, by which we might be through the worst of this. We shall see. 0344 499 1000. Driving in this morning, though, uh, we saw more and more people queuing up outside supermarkets to buy supplies that they do not need. For God's sake, would you stop doing it? And we are hearing reports of younger people refusing to stop going out. Just do it for a week. What possible harm can it do? I'm suggesting to you uh, that if you do make a small effort, it will have a better impact in the long run. 0344 499 1000. It is Friday, of course, uh, so we will also be bringing you some light relief in the form of the Perrier Awards, brought to you by Marta, uh, who is here today. You won't want to miss that. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. 
Talk Radio. And as ever, you can watch us as well as listening to us. We're live streaming on YouTube, on Facebook and on Twitter. Let's get straight to it because we want to hear from you this morning. Uh, as ever, we had some fascinating calls yesterday from people who were in business for themselves, people who were struggling, people who didn't know how they were going to make ends meet and people who are waiting to find out how on earth they access the money that the government is promising to hand them. Uh, we'll bring you all the latest news from around the world as well. We'll be going over uh, to Italy later. We'll be going to America. We'll be trying to find out precisely what is going on. California is apparently in lockdown right now. But let's talk about the money, first of all, because yesterday I asked that question, exactly how do people access the money the government is promising to give us? And we might get some answers on that this afternoon when the Chancellor uh, Rishi Sunak gets up with Boris Johnson uh, at the press briefing to describe exactly what people can can do. There's talk of a of a basically an income tax holiday. There's talk of people being handed money, hand over fist. Let's talk to Lance Foreman, who runs his own business, but was of course also uh, heavily involved with the Brexit Party over in Brussels as an MEP and as a Tory MEP as well. Lance, a very good morning to you. Very good morning to you too. Now, I read the piece that you wrote last night, fascinating about the way that uh, you don't believe that this government is acting quickly enough and they're not acting kind of in the right way. Well, that's right. And um, they're acting. I mean, Rishi Sunak, uh, before he was in politics, was a former banker. And yeah. they seem to, he's treating it as a banker rather than as an insurer. Yes. And that, that, that is the problem now. You see, why would a business, you know, businesses borrow money to grow a business. You don't borrow, borrow money to save a business right. because if you don't know how long the, the, the disaster is going to go on for, you, you're only building up more debt for yourself for later on. So no one's going to borrow this money that Rishi, is, uh, the Chancellor, is offering. So what they need to do is they need to treat it as though it's an insurance claim, like you've had a fire, you've got a business interruption, you need to make a claim to, to, for your business to be able to carry on. And a business needs to know that that claim will be underwritten. If they have that, then they will be confident to borrow the funds to carry on. So essentially, what he needs to do is he, he needs to say to businesses, if you need to borrow money to carry on your business, you can borrow it. But every month, you can submit a claim to us of how much you have lost. Yeah. Those claims can then later on, they can be audited by, you know, by the government. The government could use the insurance industry as loss, you know, they are, you know, to send in their loss adjusters to value those claims and make sure people aren't fraudulently claiming. But at least that way, it's so simple for the government because they will only have to deal with the thousands, maybe tens of thousands of businesses affected rather than dealing with millions of individual claimants, you know, through PAYE or people trying to get help on their mortgages. Right. It makes it, you know, you're using the, the business community as a filter to, to you know, assist and, and ensure that businesses can stay in business. Because the, the one thing you really don't want here is for businesses to go bust. Because if they do, they will send their suppliers bust. It will have a massive knock-on domino effect on the, the supply chain. And you could, you know, particularly in the leisure and hospitality industry, there are a million people employed. You could lose it. You could have a million people on the unemployment heap. You have to keep those businesses going. Yes, and it's like you say, it's an insurance problem it rather is, than a kind is, yeah. of a replacement money problem. Because you said uh, in your piece there's something uh, similar to this was done after 9-11 uh, and on another, another couple of occasions where the economy was kind of tanking, and it worked quite well. 
Absolutely. And you know what? If you think about it, right, the, the, the leisure and hospitality industry is worth something in the region of 100, maybe 125 billion pounds a year. That's right. what it turns over. So the, 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 the profit that it makes, the gross margin that it makes, is, let's, let's say it's half. That's 50 billion pounds a year. On a monthly basis, that's 4 billion a month. It's not that much in the overall scheme of things. You know, if the government just does this and pays out claims up to four billion a month, it could keep, you know, it would keep everyone employed. And the beauty of this is that the businesses could then carry on employing their staff. Even if they've got nothing to do, they could at least carry on paying their wages and the businesses could carry on paying their suppliers and they could carry on paying tax and they could carry on paying rates. And the government then wouldn't have to come up with, you know, lots of different ways of saving different people. Mm. They, they use the business community to filter through all the support they're giving. Yeah, as I was saying yesterday, that it's very hard to see how a very cumbersome piece of machinery like a government can actually get this money out to people quickly enough for it to have any effect. Because, well, it, as you yeah. quite rightly say, Lance, I mean, people need the money now. They don't need it in two weeks. I, exactly. They, they need the money now. And, you know, it, and, and, and the, 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 the mechanism for the businesses to be able to get these loans um, should, be, should be almost instantaneous. They should basically be able to say, you know, here's my, set of, here's my last set of accounts. You can see how much I spend. You need to send me £100,000, and it needs to arrive in the next two or three days, not two or three weeks. It mm. needs to be there two or three days so they can just carry on. After the event, there can be an audit and you know, there can be a reckoning, but that can be done afterwards. Obviously, the government would need to put in place some legislation to prevent criminal fraudulence here because you know, if people are going to abuse this, particularly in you know, a situation like today, there needs to be very, very severe penalties for that. But I would have thought that, you know, that of course, you'll always have some people like that, but I would have thought to save the, you know, the, the 99%, you, know, you might have to deal with the, the 1% of uh, uh, abusers mm. uh, afterwards. But at least you've got to keep those businesses in businesses so they can keep, you know, you know, give staff comfort that uh, they're not going to lose their job. Uh, you know, the other, the other problem is in, our, in the hospitality industry, you have many people, you know, from, you know, overseas, they might decide they're going to go back overseas. Mm. And, and then well, they can't go anywhere at the moment, though, can they? <laughs> that's, that's true, <laughs> but, but if they do decide to go back, there, there are still some flights and, you know, uh, you know, into Europe. You might find that they never come back and then the hospitality industry can never recover itself. Well, I have to wonder but, about the hospitality industry. I mean, I've had, as I say, I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive frequenter of restaurants, but I had four different restaurants this morning emailing me to say, we are very reluctantly closing our doors today and I'm afraid we can't tell you when we're going to be back. Now, for, for all I know, I mean, some of them are, are changing restaurants like the Ivy in Kensington, uh, the brasserie there is shutting down. Presumably the rest of the Ivy uh, restaurants will shut down as well. You know, they've got a massive number of people working for them who they surely cannot continue to pay if they're not bringing any money in. Well, that, that's right, and this is the problem. And it's not just restaurants and, and restaurants and pubs and clubs and so on. It's everyone. It's caterers. You know, every yes. single wedding has been cancelled, every single conference, every single corporate event. They've all been cancelled. You know, so, so it's, it's the entire catering industry. It's the hospitality, sporting industry. Mm. You know, it's all stopped. And, and in, you know, you, you, if you let one go down, you get a domino effect. And that is the problem. And we're already starting to see that. Already firms are being laying off. There's a very big chain of upmarket restaurants in London called D&D. &D. You know, they own Quaglinos and, oh, yeah. you know, all these places. They've already said, that's it. They're yeah. finished. Their business is gone. Uh, and gone as in not coming back? I don't believe so, no. Really? I, I don't, don't believe so. You know, because they they can't. You know, they're not in a position to, and they haven't. You know, they ha they didn't wait long enough 
to find out what the government's going to be doing. But, but I, I just think that my proposal um, to treat this as an insurance claim issue is by far the best route because you know, and I, I know from my own experience, you know, you know I, I have had in my own business some absolute catastrophes. We had a, a fire where we lost three quarters of our factory. Right. We then rebuilt it. Within two years, our local river overflowed and our whole factory Goodness was a, a meter underwater. So, right. And that was before our compulsory purchase with the Olympics. So right. we, we've had, and I know from my own personal experience that knowing that the insurance company was standing behind that business interruption gave me 100% confidence that I could just carry on. And even though we couldn't trade for a bit, you know, we knew we could carry on paying our staff and paying our suppliers because we knew that that loss was covered by yes. the insurance company. And I have to say, I think the insurance company have been behaving absolutely abysmally in this particular situation. They should have been assisting businesses, and they're not. They're trying to wash their hands of it. And, and the government will certainly need to have a conversation with them after this is all over. There's no time for that now. But they could certainly help the government, you know, when businesses are making these claims after the event to go and check them or make sure that people have been making fair claims. But if the government is the insurer of last resort, we don't have an issue now. We can just sort it out. Yes, exactly right. But the problem, of course, I suppose, for the insurance industry is they will say we've had so many big hits over the course of the last several years with the flooding, you know, with the hurricanes in America, uh, with 9-11 going all the way back to, to the beginning of the century, you know, that they may not have the kind of bandwidth, if you like, to be able to pay all these people out. Well, that, that, and that is indeed what happened. You know, after the terrorist attacks in the 1990s, after the floods in 2016, the government worked together with the industry to set up funds where every year they channel money into these funds to build up a fund for this sort of situation. There was never a fund for a, for a global virus pandemic, and that's what will need to be done after this is all over. The government will need to sit down the insurance industry and say, look, every year you're going to have to contribute a little bit to this fund. Mm. If everything ever happens again, there is a fund set up to do it and uh, you know obviously there will be lots of lessons learned along the way and that that will be one of them but the urgent thing the absolutely urgent thing now is the government needs to say businesses we are going to be your insurer you will be able to make a loss of profit claim for the disturbance caused by this event hopefully it won't go on too long hopefully it'll just be two or three months at most and the government needs to stand behind them and that way businesses will know yeah I'll take that loan so we can carry on, so I can carry on trading, pay my staff, pay my suppliers, and the government's going to, you know, and they will, when I repay the loan, they will offset that loss against it, and we can all just carry on. So what do you make of what is likely to happen this afternoon uh, from Rishi Sunak? Obviously, we won't know for sure until he gets up and actually starts talking about it, but some quite heavy hints in the Telegraph today suggesting well, that, that uh, he's going to be giving people the ability not to pay income tax, that he might actually be handing out actual cash money to people the, the the problem is i think well first of all what he's proposing i think is a sort of a hodgepodge of different things and that just makes it far more confusing for businesses and in, individuals in how to make those claims you want this thing to be really simple okay so so that's the first thing um the confusion and and also there are far too many people making claims so administratively for the government he's making it much more complicated you know if he just dealt with the businesses and they dealt with the staff everything will be a lot, uh, a lot simpler. But also what we're hearing is, yes, he will subsidise wages and you know, maybe people won't pay income tax. The problem is that doesn't really go far enough. And it you know, still creates uncertainty. Businesses still have to pay their... You, know, it's not just, you don't just have to pay your staff. Businesses have to pay their suppliers because yeah. if they don't pay their suppliers, the suppliers will go bust and then you'll have the knock-on effect again. You, you, need, you need to basically underwrite the entire business loss 
for what will hopefully be a temporary period. You know, if you don't do that, as I say, the, 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 um, the, the knock-on effect could be so enormous, you, you know. And, and why, would, why would a business just take a loan if it didn't know that its future losses were going to be underwritten? Yes. You no, know, you're absolutely right. Lance, listen, thank you very much indeed. We've got to run. Lance Foreman there, a businessman, former MEP, a man that knows how to run a business, who knows what the requirements are to run a business, and who is not sure that what this government is doing for business is going to be enough uh, and it's going to be fast enough or substantial enough to make those businesses survive. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Lots of you uh, have got lots to say on Twitter this morning about the way the supermarkets are handling this particular crisis because, as I say, driving in this morning, Marta and I uh, in the same car, watching people basically queuing up outside of a Lidl's, queuing up outside of an Iceland shop. Unbelievable. What is wrong with people who buy things they don't actually need? They're making it more difficult for the elderly. They're making it more difficult for key workers to get to the shops and buy the things they need. Every place I go now, uh, the only thing that they can sell me is wine, which is fine because I've got plenty of food at home and I always need wine, but what I would like is an onion to be honest. I mean, I'm going to go to Borough Market later on, perhaps, and get some. But, you know, the idea that in every single supermarket, in every single part of London, that they are selling out is an absolute joke. Let's go down to New Zealand, because what we've been doing over the course of the past few days and last couple of weeks, in fact, is going to different parts of the world to find out how things are. We've been to Australia, we've been to Spain, we've been to Switzerland, we've been to Italy, we've been to America. Uh, let's go to New Zealand now with John Norman, uh, who is, of course, Talk Sports cricket correspondent, uh, who's down in New Zealand with his family. John, a very good uh, morning to you here. A very good, I guess, evening to you there. Yeah, good evening to you, MG. It sounds like uh, it's quite similar in the UK to what it's been like in New Zealand, but for quite, quite a lot more time here in New Zealand. You know, the links between this part of the world and China, uh, Korea and, uh, and, and Asia, mm. really, much stronger than you get in the UK. So, yes. you know, the coronavirus has been something that the media in this part of the world has been really heavily focused on for quite a lot longer 
than we saw in the UK. And actually, you've got a government here that has been far more proactive than a lot of the governments we've seen in Europe to try and stamp out the problem. And so far, uh, you've got to say it's worked, but that hasn't stopped a, a run on the shops in much the same way you see back home. No, of course. And how is the uh, the sort of the casualty list, if you like, in New Zealand, in your part of the world? Because like us, you're a small, I mean, a couple of more than one island, obviously, but, but you know, a couple of islands in the South Pacific, um, relatively isolated from the rest of the world. How are they coping? Yeah, well, that isolation has actually proved to be a real boon for New Zealand because, you know, the landmass is, is quite similar to the UK, mm. but the population is nothing like it. It's about 5 million people here in New Zealand as opposed to, what, about 65 back home. But you're not uh, you're either coming to New Zealand or you're not. Yeah. It's not like you've got a major transport hub in the UK. You're not on the way to somewhere else. Right. And it means that the just the, the movement of people is nothing like what you get in Europe. And that just means that they've been able to contain it a lot more. There's 39 cases here in New Zealand, and um, all of those cases are uh, come from overseas. Mm. So they've been they've been picked up, they've been detected, and they've been quarantined. As things stand, uh, coronavirus isn't in the community, and that means that in terms of shutting down schools or locking the place down, that hasn't quite happened yet. But they have been so proactive about making sure it doesn't get any worse. Um, they made an announcement yesterday, Jacinda Hearn um, made an announcement that unless you're a resident or a citizen, you ain't coming in. Right. So basically, they have shut the borders here. They're not allowing anybody in. Um, and this is on top of, uh, you know, banning all flights from affected countries a good month and a half ago. You know, you could not fly here from China six weeks ago. You right. couldn't fly here from Iran or South Korea. And if you did come from um, overseas, you had to uh, self-isolate. This has been going on for months. You know, I've been watching what's been going on in the UK with something approaching horror mm. because we have been sleepwalking towards this and it has hit us when we've been looking the other way. And New Zealand, I've got to say, it might be a small country. Um, it might be a new country, but it's certainly shown the way of how really strong leadership and uh, making sure you kind of make sure the problem doesn't become a big one before it's too late. Uh, they've, they've, shown the, they've shown the rest of the world the way to go. So what does that mean for your individual sort of lifestyle? Do you not go out? Do you go out only when you have to? How does it work? No, there is no, it doesn't make any difference because um, if I'd only just arrived... So basically, I came here from South Africa, TalkSport covered the South Africa tour and the cricket, and yeah. I came back to New Zealand where the rest of the team went back to England. I've been here now six, seven weeks, and it's fine. I, I went shopping today, and um, there's bundles of toilet Plenty rolls. Of onions. A little bit of... There's loads of onions. I mean, it's quite <laughs> expensive out here, but you can get onions. The only thing that there does seem to be a, a bit of a struggle on is, is like rice and pasta. But even that, you can still get it. There's right. just restrictions in place about the amount you can get. And you, there is a lot more people. There is a there is a bit of panic in the air, panic buying, but it's nothing like back home. Um, and as things stand, life continues completely as it has done. The only difference is that they have... Um, uh, like in the UK, they've cancelled all the sport here. There's no sport. There's no um, real big concerts. You, you cannot get more than 100 people together. They, right. They've made a ban on any group of people over 100. Um, but uh, as things go, it doesn't stop you going to the beach, doesn't stop you going for a run, doesn't stop you pretty much leaving your life as it is. But I say that um, the way that they have been so proactive, it wouldn't surprise me if in a couple of weeks' time there will be a push to work from home and also 
they'll do like what the rest of the world seems to have done, and that's uh, get the drag the kids out of school and send them back home. Yeah. And how long are you going to be there yourself, John? I mean, I know you've got family there and stuff, so you don't have any requirement necessarily to come back here. But uh, but if you do want to come back here, what's the story? Well, this is the thing, MG. You know, it's 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 actually been um, it's been pretty difficult because whilst my family are here, we were meant to be coming back to the UK at the start of April, um, at the end of uh, England's tour to Sri Lanka, which of course was cancelled about a week or so ago. But the problem is, are we really going to be flying back just to be a jet lagged in a two bed flat in Crystal Palace yeah. with the two young children for fourteen days? as the UK embarks on three or four months of lockdown. Mm. And so the decision's been made to stick it out for a bit longer, but I have absolutely no idea when I'm actually going to be coming back. Mm. It's, um, it's yeah, I think that's the trouble. Nobody really knows for sure precisely what the long-term or even the medium-term prospects are. No, nobody knows at, at, at all. And see, the thing over here in New Zealand is uh, we're, of course, watching what's going on in the rest of the world. And whilst the numbers of uh, affected people is very low, we are approaching winter. So the feeling is mm. that, A, you know what? It's, I think it's probably impossible to actually stop this thing. Um, is New Zealand just extending the pain? It's not so bad at the moment, but with winter to come, you've got to, you've got to feel that the problem would just continue. Uh, we all talk about flattening the curve. Um, but it could be that New Zealand are just going through it for a lot, lot longer. But of course, without those horrible highs that we've seen in mm. other countries. But, yes. But nobody knows essentially. So I don't know when I'm going to be back in the UK, and we don't know how long it's going to be going on here. Um, the whole world's just mm. uh, praying it doesn't last forever. Yeah, quite. Well, listen, look after yourself, John. Good uh, luck with the family and all the rest of it, and we will see you back here, I'm sure, at some point. But this is the trouble. Nobody's really very sure precisely how long this goes on for, which makes uh, the obvious question then uh, to be asked is how on earth uh, is the economy going to survive this? Because Rishi Sunak is going to get up later on today and explain to us exactly why and how he's going to make that sort of safeguard happen for people's finances and people's uh, pound in their pocket, if you like. But I'm not sure uh, that they're doing it quickly enough. And as Lance Foreman said, they may be attacking the wrong part of the economy by handing people out with money rather than making it a kind of insurance situation. Uh, that may not be the way to go. Mary, first of all, is in Halifax. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. What can I do for you? Mike, I was just listening to this morning about you um, talking about stockpiling toilet rolls and people panic buying from yes. supermarkets. But being a nurse, there's one thing that I noticed this morning in Tesco which has worried me much more than that, mm. which I feel that the government needs to take a handle on. Tesco are currently advertising on the radio that they are priority um, opening their doors to the elderly yes. on a Monday, I think, a Wednesday and a Friday. I think I'm correcting That's that. That's right, yeah. Between the hours of 9 and 10. Mm. Now, what this means for the elderly is they believe that priority means that they are getting in there on their own and that they will be on their own. Priority does not mean that at all. There are lots of other people in there below 60 right. who are putting these people at risk. I was there this morning and there is literally all the old people going there at these times who are milling about with other people who are below 60, who are in the 30s, 40s, 50s like me. It is actually dangerous, yeah. Mike. I'm really concerned about No, I agree it. with I you. But why, why is it that yeah. they're allowing people who are not elderly, though, into the shop at that time? Surely they're supposed to be stopping them, aren't they? Well, the thing is, Mac, I spoke to Steve, the manager, and yeah. I said, look, I'm absolutely sure it's not your fault. I expect you need a, you know, a diktat from head office that hasn't come as yet. 
<laughs> even though right. the world outside Tesco, Mark, appears to have closed down. Tesco doesn't appear to itself. Mm. Right. Well, on I mean, I think level. what people are missing here is that the, the, the supermarkets are making an absolute fortune because people are buying more stuff now than I think they've ever bought. And I think I was hearing right yesterday um, that the, te that the, uh, the, the amounts of stuff that's being shifted is bigger than it was around Christmas time. Absolutely. Well, I said that to Steve, the manager. I said, is this about you just trying to capitalise on this situation? Or do you genuinely care about your customer base? Yeah. You know, we're a business of 12 people, 12 advisors in the financial services business, and we are doing all telephone calls to the over 60s. We are not contacting or seeing any of them. And I think if we can do that, a big organisation like the supermarkets can make an effort and just make sure that their doors are closed to everybody below 60 at between the hours of 9 to 10. Do you know, Mark, I don't even care what hours it is. I just think the elderly should be yeah. able to shop. If they haven't got people who can shop for them, they should be able to shop. And on also, their own, presumably, because you know, all these basically. other and because all these other people are there, presumably, it mean, makes it more difficult to get what they want to get as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the other people can help them, I suppose. You know, but that's what you've got store people for, isn't it? You know, yeah. you know, some of the staff can help them get what they need. Hmm. I mean, there's hardly anything on the shelves, but I don't think that's really an issue. You know, this panic buying is absolute nonsense. It, it, get, yourself it's crazy. Of, get yourself a piece of newspaper and just stop it. Yeah, the main thing we need to we just need to all grow up and realise that it is the elderly and the people with underlying health conditions are our are absolute priority at the moment. And we're not gonna get it until two weeks time and when we really feel it. So I think that be responsible, supermarkets, please. This is just ridiculous. Yes, really you're right, Mary, listen, what a great call. You're absolutely right about everything you say. They should be doing more the supermarkets. Look, I'm not trying to blame them for the craziness that's going on and the behaviour which is going on by people who are old enough to know better. But surely, if these idiots and these morons who are going into shops and literally clearing the shelves of everything that they've got as soon as it gets put there can't control themselves, then they must be controlled. And it will have to be that they have to. there has to be security brought in to make sure that elderly people who need food and who can't find food anywhere can actually get access to it. Let's talk to Glenn uh, who's in Aldershot, I think. Hello, Glenn. Hello there, Mike. How Good you doing? morning. Uh, not too bad surviving at the moment. Good man. What can I do for you? Uh, I was just phoning up about vulnerable workers yeah. that are still working out there. Uh, my firm in particular, we've got over a thousand workers and some of those obviously have got underlying health issues. Yeah. And we're still being expected to work out in the community, going into people's houses, cleaning communal areas. Right. And, you know, our governors are working from home and telling us to get on with it. Right. And, that doesn't you know, sound right to me. No. And also, uh, I've been told by one manager to go down the doctors and get a, uh, a certificate. But... Um, it's getting to the doctors, as you know. Yeah. You know they're under immense pressure. Well, I had a note. I had a note from my doctor's surgery saying that all uh, bookings are now going to be done on the telephone, and you're not going to be required to go anywhere near the doctor's office unless they ask you to come in. Yes, that's right. Mm. And also, I'd like to point out uh, the staff at the range in Aldershot are not being provided with any protection gloves or anything uh -huh. to work with the uh, general public either. Are they, know, are they, uh, is the range, is that a care home or something? Uh, no, it's, um, they've got, um, they sell all home stuff, you know. Oh, I see, sorry, it's a shop, yeah. Like yeah. Yes, yeah. All right. They're not providing any protective gloves or 
uh, hand wash at all for their staff. Wow. You no, know, which I find completely. And is it? Are you telling me, Glenn, that the company you're working for, and you can name them if you wish, or not, or not name them, the company you're working for is ignoring the fact that you may have an underlying health issue and is making you work in a way which could endanger your health. Yes. Yes. Uh, I work for a housing association right. down this way. Okay. So, uh, yeah, most of the office staff are working safely from home with yeah. the managers, right. and uh, us uh, poor workers are just being told to get out there and carry on. That's and wrong. That is entirely got, wrong. Yeah, I know, and we've got shortages of uh, disposable gloves and hand wash yeah. sanitizer, and we're just being told to... Uh, just get on with it and go home and wash our hands every now and again. That's you awful. Know, which is... Well, I wish I could I advise you on what to do. I mean, my first thought is maybe try and get in touch with your MP or something who might be able to put pressure on them because they shouldn't be allowed to do that. No, I know. It's quite mind-blowing what's yeah. happening out awful. on the ground. Awful. Uh, well, listen, hopefully uh, we can get that resolved if we if we can try, Glenn. Thanks very much indeed for letting us know. A couple of uh, quick tweets for you. Mark says, there are so many stories around profiteering. My local pharmacy, which I've lo been loyal to for a number of years, was selling individual single-use face masks, contravening chief pharmaceutical officer advice for £5 each, whilst on its website a box of 50 is 50 quid. Uh, name the pharmacy, uh, says TJ. I did the same uh, with another pharmacy, selling a 6 bottle of Calpol for 20 quid to a local mum. Absolutely disgraceful. Well, I went into a Boots, funnily enough, in London, and I was charged, I think, not far off uh, 10 quid for a packet of Nurofen Plus, which I'm sure the last time I bought it was about 6, 6 or 7 quid. And I said, that's gone up a bit, hasn't it? And he went, yeah. And I went, uh, is that you putting it up or them? And he said it was them. So I don't know what's going on out there, but if you've got news on prices and things that are being uh, ramped up ridiculously high, uh, please do let us know. 0344 499 1000. Paula is in Barnet uh, in North London. Hi, Paula. Hello. Good How are you doing? Mike? I'm very well. I'm, I'm self-isolating right now. Okay. One of the reasons being is I was using my gym. I've got a couple of points. I was using my gym. I'm not going to name... Well, I've already reported it. Um, we were following the guidelines. They've got the hand sanitizers. They've got the wipes. Right. Um, the manager there said to me, "If you, because I had noticed people weren't cleaning after them, right. and I was a conscientious of this, so I said it to the manager, look, I can see people not doing it. He said, well, you have a right to go up to them and, and approach them and tell them. I Are you talking about, like, cleaning the equipment? Cleaning the equipment to finish, whether it's a mat, whether it's a machine where you're holding it and you're right. sweating now. I approached one girl, and she, what she did was she took the disposable wipe used it for one apparatus but then was using it for another one so cross contamination right. there was a gentleman he was on the mat didn't even bother cleaning so i clean before and after me because that is how conscious you have to be in sure. that environment now um i've been told I've, i reported it but i will go higher if they don't close it tonight now they've told me that it's going to be locked down tonight as from tonight that's my first point my second point is we're losing we're losing a battle here i've seen countless posts on Facebook from certain distant members of, of connections of people, younger people, mm. going, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to go to the restaurant. It's my right. F-U-C-K, coronavirus, yeah. excuse me. And it is that mentality that is going to get London and the rest of Britain in trouble because I have a friend in Alessandria. Alessandria is uh, west of um, Milan. Yes. And my friend's mother, she's 86 total lockdown he has to wash her and he's you know he's scared 
Um, but he's telling me it's got worse there, and I've just spoke to him now. It's got worse there. On the other side of the Atlantic in Canada, I have a friend in Montreal. Um, total lockdown. Um, the elderly, going back to that woman who was on the phone before about the grocery, why are we not looking after our elderly and offering delivery services? Because in Canada, that's what they're doing for the elderly. Yes. I, I don't know how they're doing it with the age, but that's what they're offering. Come on, Tesco's. Come on, Aldi. Get your butts into gear and start looking after those elderly yes. and ones who, are, who have a health issue. We need to do this. We need to do this, Britain. Get your butts together. Young people, it's not all about you. It's about everybody and protecting them. And that's what I feel... You're absolutely, Paul, you're absolutely right. Thank you for making that point because we haven't quite got around to that yet. There is uh, a story going around, several stories going around, that an awful lot of younger people uh, in this country are basically of the opinion that this is not going to affect them too much, so they don't really care and they're going to continue to go out and they're going to continue to have a good time. It seems to me that that is pretty irresponsible and it seems to me now uh, that people should be considering what it is that they do and trying to do it a little bit less. I'm not saying you have to go home and wait inside and don't... Uh, open the door to anybody but what I am saying is, is if you can stop being quite as socially uh, active as you were say a week ago then that is going to help that is going to be of some use to everybody out there and it certainly is likely to save the few lives that we can save of older people who are going to succumb to this terrible virus because that is what we're trying to stop happening. We're trying to stop there being a massive sort of influx into the NHS of people who need care, who need beds, and who will block up the system if there's too many of them. So just use your common sense, will you, for heaven's sake. It's Friday, it's 12.35, it's time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. Well, in these troubled times, it's always nice to have something that you can hold on to as a sort of tradition. And here we are on a Friday. Uh, it may be March the 20th. We may be in the middle of a coronavirus outbreak. Uh, we may be about to be locked down. But, hey, uh, it's time for the Perry Awards. And Marta Malagon is here uh, visiting us uh, from Spain. Uh, where you could be, where apparently you get fined €1,000 if you're driving in a car with two people. So we would have been fined this morning coming into work. Well, yes, we would have. Yeah. Well, you would have been fine because well, you're the driver. Fine. Yeah, that's true. I Thanks very much. <laughs> so you wouldn't come up with half then. <laughs> so we well. decided because we had to come in especially early to do, to do a John McDonnell interview that because of the the fact that uh, we are a team, that I thought I'd go and pick Martha up from her house, which is not that far from mine. No. And uh, we saw, I'm afraid to say, people queuing up outside of shops. I don't know when I'm going to go to a shop next and they're actually going to have anything to sell me. Yeah. I'm, I've been so annoyed lately because... Um, it's just queues and queues of people everywhere. I went to two different supermarkets yesterday, yeah. both of them in um, SC16, South East London, right. and both of them were empty. And one of them that I went to, the only reason I went there, because it's a little bit out of my way, is because a colleague was like, oh, I've just been there, they've just had a delivery. Right. I got there within the hour... It and it was gone. all gone. I know. Ridiculous. I've just got a, a tweet. I'm sorry to do this in the midst of our uh, Perio Awards, but um, I've got a tweet here from someone who says that basically um, people are um, people are just taking stuff off the pallets as the pallets are being delivered with things like toilet paper. They're just literally taking stuff off the pallets yeah, well, and then running off to pay for it. Wasn't it Julia who tweeted the other day that someone she knows had uh, her eggs stolen from her card? Really? So she put some eggs in the car, a shopping basket, right. and someone just grabbed them and left. 
That's a short, that's a shocking state of affairs. Anyway, idiots. Here we are That's for the I Perrier said. Awards. Um, no idiots allowed here no. uh, in the Independent Republic of Microwave, but uh, welcome. Well, Martha. welcome to the Perrier Awards. Thank this you. This is where we look back over the past week of the so called Independent Republic of Microwave on Tour. So called. Yes. And choose our favourite moments. Now, this is awkward. I must explain why I'm here. Okay. Because I should not be here. No. And the reason why I'm here is because our beloved Cornelius. Yes. Is in self-isolation. He is in self-isolation, yeah. And I know this is awkward because we joked about this last week right. and we're like, ha, 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 we've isolated him because he can't make the podcast, blah, right. blah, blah. But he's really in self-isolation and he's feeling fine, yeah. but we wish him a speedy recovery. We do, we do. And we because he's supposed okay. to go to Australia soon, but we heard from John Norman earlier today yes. that they basically shut all the airports in New Zealand. <laughs> well, maybe he can so there. I don't know whether he's going to get <laughs> to New Zealand or Australia or not. Well, regardless, uh, we hope he comes back soon. And just as a reminder, Cod, if you're watching me, if you're listening to me, just yes. because um, last week um, you, you didn't know how, how that works, if you want to upload the podcast, you actually have to hit publish. Yes. Otherwise, it doesn't, it doesn't there you go, go. On, See, that's you know. a good tip for you. That's the advice of the week exactly. provided by me. Very well done. Anyway, let's crack on. As yes, it's tradition, it. Mike, the first pair goes to you, yes. and that is for the assumption of the week. So we're not going to sit here criticising Boris Johnson just because we think he's a Tory. <laughs> I think he is a Tory. Well, I think he is a Tory, but I'm not criticising <laughs> you know? him for that in particular. No, but what, what I mean is that it was funny, is that we think he's a Tory. No, no, he is. I think that's a fact <laughs> that he is, he is the leader he of the Tories. He certainly is, that's true. Thankfully, mm. you've got other strong skills, uh, Mike, apart from making assumptions. Yes. Earlier in the week with, with, with Chef, we spoke to Chef Cyrus Todiwala about the impact of COVID-19 on the hospitality industry. And during that interview, you won the Perrier for Quick Maths of the Week. Just to bring it to point, uh, 350 room Hilton Heathrow Terminal 5, where our restaurant is, there were only 18 rooms uh, occupied. 18 out of 350? Out of 350. Goodness so very, me. very scary time. That's 5%, isn't it? That's 5%. Very, well very done. Good, that. Thank you. Yeah, this is like a genuine Perry. It's quite once. easy, though, isn't it? <laughs> quite easy, because you do 350, right? 35 would be 10%. Yes. 18 is, is half of that. That's, that's how I did true. it. That's very that's, true. That's because you know how when you're in school they used to have to show the mark, show the working. Yeah, that's show how, how I you did it. it. That's oh, that's very good. It. See, I wouldn't have been able to do that. No. And behind the glass, we were like, "Oh my god, what <laughs> did is you this think I was magic?" Some kind of idiot savant. See, <laughs> 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 we were very impressed. Very good. Well done. Thank you. Um, as as you've said before, these are like very strange times. Mm. We're not really allowed to travel internationally anymore. But you know, with in the Independent Republic, we've been going on a virtual tour. We have. And so far, I think we've been to Spain, Belgium, Denmark, Australia and New Zealand. Mm. And of course, the United States of America. Yes. Uh, as every Wednesday, we spoke to LaDonna Harvey and she won a parry for the reaction of the week. And bad news for all the sort of middle class yuppies. Glastonbury's just been cancelled. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's not Brilliant. even here. I know. Tremendous. <laughs> I love it. And um, anyway, speaking of world tours, uh, as part of that same conversation, you won a perrier for delivering the worst fake news of the week. I've had to cancel my world tour as well, uh, just as it was in its infancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is unfortunate. It isn't it just? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> what world tour? Never mind. You have to send everybody their money back. Yeah. Damn. Oh, well. You better get on to that. Well, you know, I can't really kick-start it now until we get rid of this disease, so it'll be a while. 
Oh, yeah, it's going to be maybe yeah. 12 weeks at least. Could be. We'll see. Anyway, another one for you, Mike. Uh, caller Stuart in Buntingford. Call, uh, call us earlier this week, and honestly, I can't really remember what uh, he had to say because even before he started, you won a pair of a question of the week. Let's start, first of all, with Stuart, uh, who's in Buntingford. Hello, Stuart. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Where's, uh, where's Buntingford? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't know. I'd never heard of it. Well, listen, no, that's fair. Somewhere that's up fine. in Suffolk, did he say? Somewhere near Norfolk? I can't remember. I don't know. Lincolnshire, I'm told. <laughs> there you go. Oh, very good. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, what will we do with See, I don't it? really know any of that area very well at all. I don't really go there. No, I, I, uh, I think I'm I not guess sure I've fair. even been to Lincolnshire. That's fair. You know what happens uh, to me sometimes? People mm. say places to me. Yeah. And I have to Google them. Well, I'm you like, must Is have this to. a real place? Yeah, I mean, I'm in awe, in awe actually, of you in many ways. Oh, but wow. I'm in awe of you mostly because you work in a foreign country mm. in a foreign language and you do it brilliantly. And I, there's no way I could do that in Spain. Can you imagine oh. people ringing me up <laughs> if I was in a hola. Spanish... Uh, hola. <laughs> Uh, where are you calling from? What? You know? Jerez de la Frontera, <laughs> for example. Yes. I mean, I have this conversation every day with one of the cleaners who's, who's quite often here. She's from Colombia. Mm -hmm. And I go, hola, como esta? And then she starts talking back to me and I'm like, that's it for me. I'm done now. I can't do anything else. I'm going to social distance <laughs> But we do it all the you. time. It's the same conversation. Oh, that's nice. Though. Yeah, but, you know, she's lovely. It's very kind. Oh, of course. And speaking of lovely people, yes. Matthew Wright oh, yes. is in self-isolation as he well. He is also, yes. Uh, you know, very serious. And again, Matthew, get well soon. But uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, uh, he's been doing the show with Mark Dolan yes. instead. And our listeners have noticed, for some reason, this means that we've been doing handovers mm. with them. And during one of these, Kevin Warner Perry for the hash comment of the week. Yes. I'll tell you what, my, I, this is when I realised it was a crisis when you said you might not go for a drink tonight. <laughs> it is very harsh. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I say don't go for a drink, it means it's not publicly. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm drinking privately. Of course. Uh, you've actually mentioned that a lot this week. I have. I was, I was, I almost made like a compilation. Yeah. But then I realised it was too much work. It's probably, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I did not. Well, it's the only but... thing I do now. I mean, now that I don't go out, all yeah. I do is cook and drink. That's it. I mean, what it's not much of a need... life. Seriously, you need to start a YouTube channel. I think I should. I would watch that. I might do it, you know. Because I might learn something yeah. as well. Well, you know, I've set up the um, the Comrex at home now. So if we you are have? told that we have to operate from there, I can, I can broadcast from there. Yeah. There's no reason why I can't film it. Yeah. I've got a tripod. You know? Oh, that's nice. So, you know, so you can just put your st little phone tripod, there. Yeah, yeah, put the iPhone on it, and Fair away enough. you go. Well, listen, we're ready to go. Good live stream. We're ready to go. All right. Right. This is my favourite thing this week now coming up. All right. Regular listeners will know that um, often we give up Paris for pronunciation slash mispronunciation of the week. This time it's just been impossible to give it to just <laughs> one person. So you're all going to have to share it. Uh, and usually, first of all, we've gone externally and given a Perry Award uh, to someone we don't know. Ah. We don't even know Good. if she really exists okay. or not. She's not. We've never met her. Right. She doesn't work for her. She mm. works for Enrix, which is the um, uh, the traffic oh the traffic people. Yes. yes. And her name is uh, Katie McLaren, and she wakes mispronunciation of the week. Finally, in Cheswick, the A4. <laughs> Cheswick. <laughs> Bless her soul. I mean, I mean, she's probably in Glasgow, which is yes. where they're based, right? And mm. and quite often there are people up there who don't have any way of knowing how to pronounce places in England. Yes. Yeah, because so, they've never been here. So bless her. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have known that necessarily before, Chiswick. like many years ago. So right. sympathies, but also congratulations. Well done. And welcome to the family. Um, our very own Sandy War also gets the honour. Well, there are worries about the impact social isolation. Excuse me, that's easy for me to say. Social isolation. No more drinking for her. 
No. Oh. And finally, yes. mispronunciation of the week for you. Thank you. We're slightly delayed this week with our Plank of the Week, but we're going to be filming it tomorrow uh, in the company of Andre Walker uh, and Dave Chowner. Chowner? Yeah, do you know, I had a funny problem with it. I kept calling him the wrong name for ages. Yes. In the end, I had to convince myself that his real name is Chawner. Yes. C-H-A-W-N-E-R. Dave yes. Chawner. Yes. Because I, I think I called him Dave Chown at one point. <laughs> and Chown, I kept getting it wrong. I just, I don't know why. It's oh, one God. of those names. Yeah. Well, but listen, now I'll never get it wrong. Well done. Thank you very much. Well done. I've been paying attention because we played the plank of the week clip earlier today. Yes. And you, did it, you got it right. I did. So well done. Thank you very much. And there's a bonus. Oh. There's always a bonus. Because you're a team player, Mike. Yes. We give you the thank you for going out of your way and providing us with a Perry of Perry reward. Roger, thank you very much indeed for your time. Roger Layton, Chief Executive of Partnership Learning and Academy... I can't even speak. And a, 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 I can't, why can't I say Academy? What is I going on? Say it. I'll tell you what it is. We haven't done enough Perrier Awards this week, so now there's one for you. Thank you very much. It's amazing like Mars Attacks, that, isn't it? Listen, I loved it. We really enjoyed it. That's so. a very good list of Perriers. And yeah. after, after half the week, you were telling me you didn't have any. Well, I've, 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 I've so got you, a few you've in done the end. Well. And, and there's one more. Oh. Because, you know, as an I'm finally. Okay. Because it would be really unfair of me to come in and, and highlight like everyone else's mistakes yes. and just sweep mine under the carpet, <laughs> you know. Um, I give myself the incompetence period of the week for yes. deleting things off your screen before I've reached really <laughs> it. <laughs> Professor George Lomonosov, virologist uh, from the, um, uh, the university. Uh, sorry, the. <laughs> no, I can't remember where he was from, actually. But never mind. <laughs> this is to explain. Normally, yes. On my left is a screen um, where they put information on who people are. And, of course, also because it wasn't on a running order because no. it was a late guest. <laughs> yes. So I was about to read what it said and it suddenly disappeared. <laughs> And I couldn't see anything. And I was like, I don't know where he went. I can't remember. That was my fault because I moved on before you did. <laughs> and for some reason, I thought, oh, he's got it written down yeah. somewhere. Yeah, no. But, but I he didn't. didn't. So no. there you well, go. Well, there we are. And well, actually, listen. I had people tweeting that to me, being like, oh, that was a Perry Award. And I was like, yes, that was my fault, guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, it was very entertaining, that. Thank you very yeah. much indeed. A superb collection of Perriers. Thank you very much. Uh, that's all for them. There'll be more, maybe, next week. Maybe. The Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.